じ。Any stuff you want to say while、uh, you don't, if you don't want anyone to hear it, you say it while you're doing the drums because people fast forward through the drums. I've learned people fast forward right through the drums. Okay, so if you want to be like, This is where I put all my hate into, I'm hitting everybody right now. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. while, you're, while you're drumming. So I just hold on to these, <laughs> hold on this the whole time. No, 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 okay, no, no, <laughs> just go till you're done, man. Oh, I'm done, I'm, I'm set, okay, I'm ready. All right. All right, welcome everybody to Evolving with Corey Castle.、Uh, this will be episode 144. 144. Hanging here with Karan in, on the couches. Hello. Karan on the couches. <laughs> Actual name Karan Couch. <laughs> the puns. He's, he's famous for his potatoes. He makes really good <laughs> potatoes. Very, very good potatoes. <laughs> The very famous couch potatoes.、Mm, yes. <laughs> I, I used to,、um, when I was like six, seven years old, my dad,、mm. um, we would go to this、uh, DVD rental place. It wasn't Blockbuster, but、mm. it was called、uh, Couch's Potato.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, we would always go there every weekend. And, it was like, a DVD rental place called、yeah, DVD Couch's rental Potatoes. Place,、yeah. In New Jersey,、um, right over the Burlington Bridge.、Uh-huh. Um, every weekend, that was like the first stop. It was Couch's Potato and then、uh, Wawa. Because、mm-hmm. I would always get a hoagie.、Yeah. And that was like routine. So I thought that was an interesting <laughs> fact. <laughs> interesting enough, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm here at places that are called things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like,、um, if I had a DVD place, it would be called Couch's Potatoes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, especially if you were my business partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh man, there's so many commercials. Yeah. So many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so,、um, man, I just,、uh, I kind of want to, the reason I wanted to, to do this with you, man, is just, I, I feel like you and I have had so many deep ass conversations that I go, like, wow, that wasn't on the record. Yeah. That conversation's gone forever. Yeah. And, and、uh, I had some, Stuff I wanted to ask you about, and I figured it'd be cool to get it on the record. Yeah. Because, you know, you're, you're always honest, so yeah. Yeah. I'd expect you to be honest、Absolutely. on the record. And that's, you know, sincerity is something that I hold very dear. And I noticed that you never come off like you're faking. And I,、mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that.、Um, Thank you. So. To give a little history to people listening who might not know who you are, why are you important in my life? I am your little sister's boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so、uh, what people who may know who listen to the show, my little sister is Jess, and she is, she is the person who I credit with like, teaching me what unconditional love is. And not through guiding me and showing me what it was, it was just her being born and me realizing that I can love somebody more than I love me. And she saved our family. Like, there wasn't little kids left in our family anymore.、Mm-hmm. When,、uh, when I think of like 1995, like the year she was born, I was 11 years old. And like, I was just kind of getting into like 
figuring out figuring out what was cool and what wasn't cool and mm-hmm. and I didn't give a shit about what anybody thought how cool it was to just love this person with all my heart mm-hmm. oh. and uh, uh, it redefined what I thought about who I was probably yeah so uh, I I credit Jess with uh, a lot a lot of me going like oh I may not ever have kids but I did I think I did a pretty good job uh, I'm I'm proud enough to say that I had a little hand in making this person who she is. Yeah, yeah. And I, if I never have kids, I'm proud enough of what I've accomplished already, as a as a a, a father figure in some yeah. way or a role model in yeah. some way. The most supportive role model, you know, that she's had. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, <coughs> between you and your your mother changing and evolving into uh, a person who can uh, show compassion because apparently from what I've heard she didn't have that before Mm -hmm. but now she does so a lot of it was because of uh, Jess I've heard so well yeah I think I think and I've been saying this like all week actually so it's funny that it comes up I go a lot of people have a hard time understanding what compassion and empathy is mm-hmm. when they come from a place of already thinking they know everything. You never lie. <laughs> <laughs> so it has, to, it has to be like a whole get out of your own way sometimes. Yeah. And you know, some people, some people meet that journey pretty early in life, and some people it takes them forever. But mm-hmm. it's never too late for anybody. Yeah, absolutely right. Like, I I, I think I told you this story, but um, this guy came up to me at the gym. And he was, he was like, are you Corey Castle? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're friends on Facebook or something. And mm-hmm. he was like, I follow, like, some of the stuff about, like, you posting about your matches and your pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I actually want to be a pro wrestler. And I was like, cool, man, cool. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ask you a few questions because anybody comes up to me and tells me that they have a dream that's similar to mine, I want to ask them stuff. What are they doing? Like, Yeah, I, I was like, how old are you? That was maybe ep- that was maybe question number one. I almost called it episode number one. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was question number one. I said, mm-hmm. how old are you? And he said, I'm 27 years old. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Um, so what's your plan? What do you think you're going to do from this point? And he said... I am going to get trained and I'm going to go to the WWF, the mm. WWE, after I get myself in better shape. And I'm like, after you get yourself in better In my head, I was like, you're already 27. They don't take people past 33. Right. I was like, after you get in shape and you think, like in, in the back of my head, like my, my pro wrestler ego was like, yeah, I've been at this since I was 14. You think right. I haven't gone to the WWE because I didn't want to? Right. And I was like, so you think you're going to get into it this late in the game and then already be way better than me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and just walking in. Right. Like... But who am I to say it's too late for this mm-hmm. person? Sure. Who am I to say that there isn't an anomaly in the world? Right. Who am I to say that once-in-a-lifetime opportunities don't, don't happen? Right. Yeah. I mean, the, then the guy told me that he was once 400 pounds, and he lost, he lost a tremendous amount of weight, 
with the with the dream being that he'd be in the WWE. Wow. So <laughs> I would not for one second go, well, you think you're better than me? <laughs> like, if I think I know it all, I, I've, you know, I've, I've hurt myself. Yeah. I'll, I'll. Uh, you're in your own way. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like, um, it's like, um, I don't want to have to tell somebody something for them to go, I'm going to prove him wrong. I don't want to be the I don't want to be the backstory, you know what I mean? Like, Interesting. Why not? I don't uh, because I I don't I don't want to be the naysayer that says you can't do a thing. Uh, that's true. There's enough in this world for us to all have exactly what we what it is we want. Mm-hmm. This world the world has enough. There is enough to go around for us to all have what we want. Just because I want something doesn't mean you want that exact same thing. Right. So it doesn't mean that we can't both go after exactly what we want. And true. I've probably said it on here a couple times. It's like, um, the, like, at work, dude, like, we go through, like, I go, I'm allowed, I'm only allowed to go on, like, Bing. And so I see Bing news. Okay. And when I see, like, (laughs) whose birthday it is, Mm. and it'll say, like, these famous people, and, like, none of them are that famous. I don't really know who they are. Okay. But it'll say on the side, like, the Wikipedia info, Mm. and it'll say what their net worth is. And some of them, it'll be, like, some someone will be like three million, four million, and I'm like, I don't know who this person is. Yeah, but and then I'll see somebody else, and it'll say like, it'll say like forty million, fifty million. I'm like, there is enough of everything. <laughs> there is enough of everything. There yep. is enough money in the circulation yep. that we can have as much of it as we want, and we're only limited by the things we believe. Right. We're only limited by the things that people tell us we're limited by. Mm-hmm. So, man, we can have everything. We can have whatever we want. Absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about doing this thing where I'm gonna, I'm gonna start trying to sell a, I'm gonna start trying to sell a product that makes you taller because everybody wants to be taller. I mean, shit, you might as well. And we're like, yeah, like, look, you can get taller. <coughs> everybody tells you you can be whatever you want and you can do whatever you want, but nobody ever says you can get taller. Yeah, especially if you like have it as like a like, a, oh, wait three months, you take this, and wait three months, and you'll get taller. Sold. Everyone's buying that. It's it's crazy how uh, people still buy like the 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 extends and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> male enhancement. Yeah, it's just the idea of having something mm-hmm. in in so, a reasonable amount of time every, and just paying for it. It's so, we are we are dreamers selling dreams to dreamers. Oh. <laughs> That's amen. <laughs> <laughs> it is so true. That is. Oh. It's it's unfortunate, but what America is a consumer country now. There's like mm-hmm. what, it's way less is manufactured than what's consumed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can we okay. just have a placebo pill that, <laughs> that tells people they're going to get taller, and they start believing it. Well, Let's get on it. Hey, look, if they could see, make it right. Is that what they say? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean. I don't. I I don't subscribe to fake it until t- you make it as much as I say. Carry yourself like you belong there. Yeah, true. Carry yourself like you belong there. Yeah, I. I've fully believed in that. Of just like. Do everything you can, and. Just to give it a hundred and twenty percent if you need to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's so many times where you. <clears throat> 
you want to give up. You want to. Uh, you believe that you you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. There's something in your past that uh, creates this wall for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've never, I've never not gotten past that wall. Mm-hmm. I've never just like stopped, realized it, and just turned the other way. You know, I continue to try to go through it, and so far so good, man. So talk about March of 2016. Well, let's start this by. Well, right before the surgery. You're going to have to, like... (coughs) Right before the surgery. Okay. You and I sat down and we had a big, long talk. Was this the uh, vessel talk? I don't know. I don't... (laughs) uh, But I think it had something to do with... Like... We... It was like... We got to stop saying we're going to do things and fucking do them. Yeah. And it was something like... It was something like, I was in your same shoes. I was mm-hmm. exactly where you were, mm-hmm. and we're the same exact age. And I had said, and then this thing happened to me that changed my life. And, I mean, at the time, awful. I didn't want that. Right. But I couldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. And I was almost thinking, like, man, you need something like that. And I didn't want to push that on you. Mm-hmm. But then it happened. And just like when the shit happened to me, who was there to save me? Jess. And who was there to save you? Jess. Every every time, dude. (laughs) Like, because there were so many times leading up to uh, that surgery, you know, that that last hospital visit, Mm -hmm. of Jess going, you know, like, hey, checking up on me, and like, when I felt like I needed something... She would be already, like, walking in the door mm. or, like, waking me up and looking at me. Like, it was just, I feel like there has been so many times, even after the surgery of, like, the recovery time, mm. I was in so much pain. Um, I I wanted to just give up. So, I don't think I've ever asked you for the exact details of what your surgery was and why and what, like... Well, yeah, this was the, like what? What the hell? <laughs> where did that come from? Okay, because because so. when why I'm remembering that it was this time of year mm-hmm. was because I went on a cruise with yeah. Will. Yeah, I remember that. So I came back to you being in the hospital, and it was like, oh, he's about to have this surgery, and like me and Jess went on ceremony, and we prayed mm-hmm. for you. And we were sending light love your way, mm-hmm. wanting you to get through and be a, you know, everybody who walks through fire is a different person when they walk on the yeah. when they're on the other side of it. Yeah, you're right. So, <clears throat> explain the whole like why what happened. Okay, so <clears throat> I vividly remember the day the uh, exhaustion started, mm-hmm. like the unease, the the tired feeling, the, you know, shortness of breath, all that. I was playing basketball, um, in the morning, it was just, mm-hmm. you know, we were just playing, like, it was a thing I normally do, uh, like, noon, and we'd go up for, like, three or four hours and just ball all day, mm-hmm. um, and, like, the middle of one game, uh, something hit me, like, 
you know how uh like a bullet in the butt no like a like Forrest Gump like a Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Like a like a full like body shock, like yeah. a, like a realization, but you just like, don't know what it is. Like, uh, were you like, was it like a cold water feeling, like you um, in a cold water sort of feeling? Well, I mean, how can you explain that? Um, you know how you're about to be put to sleep by like uh, anesthesia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that feeling, like when you know you can't beat that feeling of going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, that. That exact moment where it just hits you, and it's just like, okay, this is kicked in. Things are numb. Things are weird. Mm-hmm. And once that hit, ever since that point, um, things just got worse and worse. So <clears throat> I was able to walk still, you know, still run around, do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it progressively got worse to the point um, I started to <clears throat> have a hard time uh, walking. Um, but the, the downside of that was I would, you know, pop Tylenol, pop ibuprofen, like Mm -hmm. crazy. Like thinning your blood like crazy. Yeah. And what that would do was, uh, reduce the pain, uh, loosen up, you know, my joints and Mm -hmm. I'd be able to do whatever. Right. So, um, I was still playing, uh, laser tag, like heavy at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I play competitive laser tag i just don't get paid for it unfortunately uh really good but it is what it is um back to the story (laughs) i would keep playing um keep popping ibuprofen and just keep playing i'd figure out a way to get through it and i would just go um after warming up to anything um i'd be good for you know three or four hours be fine Mm -hmm. the second i stop and sit down or stop and just be standing there trying to get going again was next to impossible like uh my joints would just be super stiff it would hurt to move um and i'd have to you know like shake everything off and like you know just like force them to be like all right let's just do it and Mm -hmm. i'd be able to move again Mm -hmm. when you played football back in the day Mm -hmm. did you get stingers do you know no. Is it similar to a stinger? No. You never had a stinger? Never. Okay. Because, like, that's how I get when, I, when I've when i had stingers in the mm-hmm. past. Like, where, like, I had to, like, shake my hands to, like, get the feeling back mm-hmm. in them. Like, I, that's what I'm picturing when you're saying that you'd, like, shake yourself to get... Um, in a, in a sense. Like, yeah. I would, like, open and close my hands and look at them. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't feel them, but I can see them. Yeah. They're doing this. So yeah. then it then it would then come back yeah. after a minute. <clears throat> Yeah, pretty much. Um, and uh, it, it felt like, uh, you don't know this yet because you're not old, but it feels like being an old person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know how they always say, like, oh, i got to warm my joints up and all that? Mm-hmm. It's literally that. Yeah. So um, it kept getting worse. Um, it was to the point as though Jess needed to assist me in almost everything I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would take me... 30 minutes, 45 minutes to put on socks to get dressed for work. Yeah, it would be like 20 minutes for you to get up the stairs. Like, yeah. um, it, it was crazy. I was walking up the stairs backwards, mm-hmm. walking downstairs backwards, because yeah. uh, it was easier. Uh, uh, just getting off the couch uh, took me forever. Like, I needed help every single time getting out of bed. Uh, and in the conversation we had 
mm-hmm. in March. We talked about vessels. I think so. I th- so <clears throat> another another side effect of this is uh, memory loss. Okay. So there's a lot of gaps that I just don't remember. Okay. So um, there's a lot of conversations we have, but there's a lot of things I just I cannot remember. Um, but we talked about vessels, yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about being vessels in this universe, and mm-hmm. there's a message that okay. you know carries that. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the pain, the the physical exhaustion got really bad. Then um, I'm pretty sure my organs were shutting down. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I would eat, mm-hmm. and about six, seven hours later. Um, It'd be like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And I would get up and throw up. And mm. I would just go puke. Um, that started happening. I didn't understand what it was. Uh, thought it was like, oh, I'm just sick. I'll get over it, whatever. Mm. Um, that lasted for three weeks. I could not consume anything and hold it down. And in the last week... Um, I was uh, vomiting so bad that I was having seizures, and I didn't realize it. I thought mm-hmm. I was just trying to get so much of it out that my body was tensing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what a seizure was or what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single time I'd come out of it, I'd just be like, "Done." Yeah. Any, so any seizure I ever had knocked me out. So I, I didn't. I don't know what seizures are like either. Yeah, I, so, um, I just remember being either uh, up or down. I know Katie has seizures like every day. Wow, like, it's something with like, like something. I can't. I don't want to misquote. I don't want to miss say what it was. So just continue with what you're saying. Fair. Sorry. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, we just I would tense up, seizures, mm-hmm. um, puke, you know, and then uh, there were some days where it was so bad. Uh, there, I remember one time vividly, uh, I was, I was in the bathroom and I wasn't feeling good and, uh, everyone was asleep. I was the only one up and I felt like I needed to get fresh air. Like I needed to cool down. Mm-hmm. So I went outside, I stepped outside for like two and a half seconds and just started throwing up mm-hmm. and then like dropped to the floor, was in the grass, like just throwing up just mm. that was here yeah yeah and uh i was like all right this is a problem <laughs> this shouldn't be happening right you gotta figure so, something out um <clears throat> the the next day uh it was a regular day you know i went through everything uh had a had a chick-fil-a salad chick-fil-a southwest salad mm-hmm. um it was good, but through that up. Um, was it good? Was it good coming back up to you? No, it was miserable. Um, but I remember passing out on the table. Uh, I think this was when uh, we had we had the tables out for some reason. We had long tables out upstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was here. I forget. You passed out on the table I or at out the table? On the table, like. <clears throat> um, I was like, oh, I'll just put my head. Down. I'm put my head down for a second. Oh, okay. So like you. Like, lay, sort of, like, laid on your hands. Yeah. Sort of, or laid in your arms, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant, like, you, like, 
like Chris Laid Farley. On the table Chris and... Farley <laughs> fell through the table. <laughs> no, that'd been very interesting. I definitely would have went to the hospital then. But um, yeah, I put my head down, and um, I remember uh, pure black, like blackness. I felt nothing but like a like a void of complete emptiness, complete nothing. Like, I couldn't think, I couldn't move, uh, I couldn't feel, and usually when I dream or when I sleep, there's some kind of something that I'm holding on to. Like, there's some kind of feel, there's some kind of, uh, uh, something I see or something I can hear. Um, it's always something that's just, like, constantly reminding me, like, hey, I'm alive and I'm doing things. Right. Um, this is why I can, I can't really sleep well. Um, this time none of that happened and uh, Jess mm. comes by hey you okay mm. um, I, w- I wake up <clears throat> but it took a couple minutes mm. like I didn't immediately get up right. so I feel like right there she uh, kind of brought me back mm. during a time that I needed to come back right. um, and then the following morning, we went to go get pedicures. Um, and you and Jess went to go get pedicures? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. You did that. Yeah. We, That's cool. So, <clears throat> during this whole time, we were I was going to the hospital, talking to doctors, um, getting blood tests, everything. They couldn't I, figure I, out what it was. I vaguely remember that. I mean, yeah. uh, it sounds familiar. Yeah. And, and they didn't know what it was. Right. They had no clue. Um, at that point, I've given up on them. Right, like what you, it, I think the idea was something like, oh, is it? It's just some sort of circulation error or something. Right? Yeah, it was some sort of like you had some some issue with your blood circulation or something. Yeah, right? I, yeah, it was some I don't some some excuse that was too vague. Yeah, it to, was. There was to, a lot of ideas thrown around. There was rheumatoid arthritis that was thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> and I thought that ran in my family because mm. uh, I talked to my dad's side and they were saying that it's kind of a thing and then I talked to my mom's side and uh, it was kind of a thing but not really so mm. but the fact that it was happening so young was the question like why now mm. so <clears throat> talked to everyone I talked to doctors I did research um it became my life to figure out what it was and how to fix it mm. because no one had the answer. Um, and that one day we decided to get pedicures. Um, after I was done, we were getting in the car and my legs were swollen. Mm. Like, um, they were, they were just I massive. Like your legs were always swollen back then. Uh, either I didn't realize, just didn't realize, and your mom didn't realize, mm. and, um, yeah, I just, I don't know, mm. no one really caught it like that, because they were, they were big, like, it was massive. Right. Um, and we looked it up, and that was a sign of heart failure, that's like a major sign of heart failure. Mm. So, we found that out, and then we went to the hospital that same night. And they were like, yeah, you have heart failure. Then they admitted me. Um, and then that night, I had a really bad seizure. And they had 
they go through all kinds of scans, like CAT scans and uh, CT scans, and had EKGs up, EEGs, all that stuff. They had everything uh, done in like six hours. EKGs, Louise. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was test after test after test after test, and <clears throat> the frustrating thing is, is all these tests could have been done before and they weren't, mm. and that pissed me off. But um, I think the hospital realized that they made a mistake mm-hmm. because every time I went to them, uh, there's, you know, there's records of me going. Right. And them misdiagnosing me with, like, bronchitis mm-hmm. and uh, giving me medicine for, like, you know, uh, antibiotics and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Stuff that was unrelated. Yeah, totally unrelated. But they weren't doing enough tests, so they couldn't have known. Right. Um, and I wasn't actually talking to actual doctors um it was medical assistance right so they're just like the next step above a nurse but like not really a doctor right so uh, yeah they found out our failure and they you know went about the thing of you know making sure my heart was uh going down in size because i just was in the bed for i think three weeks total Mm -hmm. um one week of waiting to have surgery, and then the next week uh, was the surgery, and then I think a week and a half of recovery, and then I was sent home. So um, they did open heart surgery, um, and they replaced two valves, the aortic and mitral. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason was um, the the two valves were deteriorated uh, from some bacteria that no one knows. Um, this is, I was told that this is one of the rare, the most rare occurrences of bacteria just targeting a certain area mm. and not leaving any residue, uh, not having a pattern, um, uh, not being common. Uh, there's no, there's no real link to like Lyme disease. Uh, there's no, that, and that was like one of the main uh, ideas was Lyme disease. Like, you get bit, yeah. uh, and there's steps. You know? really, really ticking you off, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it, <clears throat> it was infuriating because... No, uh, I was talking about because it ticks. Give you like yeah, I, uh, I got you. It was like, I wasn't really talking about how infuriated you actually I would No, I was... I was infu- but, <laughs> yeah, I was quite ticked off. <laughs> I wish I would have... If it was a tick, I wish I would have solid <laughs> but um yeah it, it was uh I think um the only reason why I'm still here is because of that one day just like you know moving me and like mm-hmm. bringing me back because it was it felt like an end of something yeah and it was it was frustrating because I couldn't wake up, mm. like I couldn't feel, I couldn't think, like everything was just blocked. And then, so if you didn't move, if I didn't move, I don't think I was moving again. You're gonna stay there. Yeah, like I, that was that was very weird for me. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the recovery was ten times worse. Um, 
uh, chest surgery, so mm-hmm. you can't move your chest. Right. And that's that's pretty much asking a baby to not crawl. Right. So um, that was very, very painful. And the last thing they want you to do before you leave is to cough the clear bone of mucus yeah. in your uh, in your lungs. That was the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life, man. Yeah. Like, because, well, um, well, like, I think I remember, like, pretty soon after it, where you would be like, ow, yeah. ow, with, like, yeah. everything. So, yeah. I could imagine that a big cough it up to get it all out had to be excruciating. Yeah. And then it was. I choked on whatever mucus was there. Mm-hmm. So, like, I kept coughing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Uh, Double dose. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that was... Uh, that was tough. That was very tough. And then, uh... A couple of other things hit me, like, really hard, too. Um, my dad was... So, my mom passed when I was 19. Um, I'm not 20. The surgery when I was 25, 26. 26. Okay. Um, my dad's kind of always kind of been in the picture. Right. You, know, you know, hey, what's up? You know, how you doing? Whatever. whatever. Right. Um, but he he has a certain part of my life that is was not understood. Like I didn't have uh, a, a real reason for why I was doing what I was doing. And uh, why I felt that these things had to be done, right. um, but they were all negative stuff. Like it was just a lot of problems. But um, <clears throat> he uh, he was the first person I called right. um, to tell him that I was in the hospital for heart failure. Where, where, where was he living? He he lives in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Mount Holly. And uh, I called him. It was like two, three o'clock in the morning. Called and he did not pick up. Left a message. Uh, I thought I left a message, but uh, I called him and then I called my sister and told her. My older sister, she's uh, like forty now, forty-one. Um, I told her that I was in the hospital and uh, they might have figured out what's wrong. So told her, and then she told everybody in my family, everyone else, because she's the go-to person. My mom used to be the one that kept our family together. She would call everybody, force us to hang out. Uh, My grandmother's birthday is on July 4th, and that was, like, the reason for everyone to get together, other than Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, um, we uh, talked to her, and she told everybody, so, I didn't get a chance to see everyone, because I was in and out a lot of the time, but uh, the main person that I really wanted to talk to was, or see more, was my dad, um, because when my mom passed during, my, during her funeral, uh, he was saying that when she passed, uh, he couldn't breathe for some reason, like he was choking, and he thought he was going to die, and uh, uh, he was saying that she gave him his, her last breath. Mm-hmm. And 
I thought like, okay, well, yeah, that sounds good, you know, I'll believe that, whatever, whatever, as a kid, you know. Yeah, I mean. Just lost your mom, you're 19 years old. You right, I, I mean, how does that make sense, though? I don't know, man. How does uh, that make sense? She, she's, my mother was very spiritual, mm-hmm. very spiritual. She believed in uh, uh, super a lot of superstitions. So, jumping to another story, uh, 9-11, we were in Center City, and uh, I wanted to go to, like, McDonald's or something and get, like, a McDonald's breakfast. Right. Uh, it was the summertime, and I was like, yo, I want, like, a bacon, egg, and cheeseburger, like, or a bacon, egg, and cheese, uh, a biscuit or whatever. Right. And uh, she was like, no, we're, we gotta uh, go to this thing really quick, like, you, no, you can wait. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. But I was pissed about it. So <clears throat> we got out of the car, and uh, I, I intentionally split a pole, uh, one of those parking poles, where it like, tells you, like, like, accept a bus stop pole. Or... Okay, explain what splitting a pole is. So what happens is uh, if you're connected to the person next to you in any way, um, if you split a pole, that means the pole goes between the both of you. And if it's a pole that's higher than you, then you're splitting. Okay. But if it's something that's not as high as you, then it's fine. Okay. Um, so that was the thing. I don't know. Whatever. Uh-huh. You know, superstition, whatever. So I thought um, that she didn't know. I thought she didn't see me. Right. And she was like, uh, go take your ass back around that pool. And I was like, all right, cool, whatever. So I'm going back, and for a split second, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't go back around Maybe I should just, you know, screw up, whatever. Just. Uh-huh. So, I went back around, uh, called to my mom, and I realized we were in a courtroom. Uh, we were we went in the courtroom, we sat down, it was me, my mom, my sister, uh, my middle sister, Caitlin, my older sister is Nisha. Uh, it was me, Caitlin, and my mom. And we went to the courtroom, and I saw my uncle handcuffed, like, hand, handcuffed behind his back, okay. uh, he was, he did something stupid, I don't know, he was trying to rob somebody for something, it was him and a couple of other guys, and, uh, we saw him come in, and then we saw the judge, and she was, he was next, he was getting ready to, uh, you know, go through the hearing and all that stuff, and be charged with whatever, and <clears throat> literally, as the judge was saying his name, Someone came from the back of the courtroom, well, behind the judge, uh, whispered something in her ear, and uh, threw all her papers up in the air, and she said, screw this, you're all free to go, it doesn't even matter anyway, because we don't know if we're going to be here. And at that point, we're just like, what the hell just happened? My uncle's looking at us, and he's just like, what? So, uh, everyone's leaving. We're getting in the cars, we're leaving, we're listening to the radio, we figure out that 9-11 just happened, like, the first tower was hit, right. um, and the second tower was hit, um, like, I think it was hit as we got into the, or, at, no, the first tower was hit, and then the second tower was hit as a judge, uh, told us that, so they knew it was an attack, so, we got in the car, we were leaving, um, and then we heard about the third plane, um, <clears throat> And as we're leaving the city, we first started going, you know, 95. We realized that was just not going to happen. 
so traffic. yeah it was just crazy traffic so um, we got off 95 and we went through the back streets of Philly and we were driving really fast like doing like 45s and 25s and there was a car right in front of us doing the same thing we were just keeping up with them pretty much um, and what happened was Another car at the intersection kind of poked out a little too far. A car in front of us, like I'm talking, like from here, it was at least like 20 feet in front of us, 15 feet in front of us, mm-hmm. and uh, still going like really fast. And that car pulled out just a little bit and nicked the car that was driving in front of us. Uh, crashed into a parked car, flipped over twice, and was landed on the top of the. Uh, the car. Um, so it was upside down. Completely upside down. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it happened like right bef- right in front of my eyes. I'm just like, holy shit! Yeah. Like that could have been us. So um, we got home safely after that. And I feel like because of that, or because of me walking around the pole, um, that could have been us. Because there was another situation my mom, well, this was after my mom passed, and uh, I, we were going to spread her ashes in the Atlantic City Ocean. So do you still think that it had something to do with you splitting that pole? I, or is that just what your mom made you think after I, it all happened? I, I, think, I think so. Like, I really think so, because there was just so many situations that, like, I would tell people, hey, don't split the pole, and they would split the pole, and then something would happen. And it was a thing that we didn't want happen, happen. Like, I just, I feel like that's all, like, like, you expect a result, you get that result. Like, I think... It, I agree with you. I feel like I've heard Jess tell me this, mm-hmm. and I went, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you, but the events that happened when people split poles, I cannot explain it. Like, and I would even just be like, you know what, I don't believe it, it's not going to happen. And it happened. So... Yeah, that splitting poles was a thing. Um, but yeah, backtracking all the way to uh, the heart failure and my dad in the situation. Um, yeah, he he was supposed to play a big part of my life when she passed. And he so did. something about the last breath was what you said. Yeah. That was the last thing you said about what your dad said at the funeral. Yeah. And that... Would you Did you connect that to the feeling you felt when you were passed out on the table like your last breath was nearby um no I didn't I didn't feel that I didn't feel like that it felt like uh I had no energy to go forward mm-hmm. like my time was up it didn't feel like a last breath it didn't feel like a like a dying breath or like anything right. like that right but I mean like the the part of him saying your mom gave me her last breath like did that mean like that, that's like a belief that he has no but I'm saying like I, I'm just I'm just trying to understand a little bit more mm-hmm. is it like was he like alright now it's my job now it's my job to be both parents to you was it like was he trying to say something to you <clears throat> that was deeper than just some surface shit or yeah yeah, he was trying to say that, like, she, uh, 
still had faith in him, mm-hmm. and she still loved him, right. uh, and believed that you know he would always be there. If anything. Right. But they weren't together at the time. They were not. No. Right. Um, yeah, they broke up when I was like five. So. Okay. Well, I mean, I kind of wanted to talk to you about the loss of your mom and that whole because I thought yeah. you were younger. I thought you were 16 or 17. No, 19. I was uh, fresh out of high school and fresh into college. Um, yeah, that was, that was tough. Did your mom pass from heart issues as well? Yeah, she, she passed overnight. Um, uh, hypertension, so I guess stroke. Yeah, I was talking to her the night before. She was talking about going out the next day, and she wanted to like uh, borrow a couple bucks because she didn't have any money. Um, but you know, I, as a son supporting your mother, like you think that's your job, you know, just mm-hmm. help her when she needs it. Right. So, um, yeah, I I talked to her. I went to work. I worked at the diner, the Great American Diner. That's oh yeah, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <coughs> <coughs> yeah. <laughs> the old. The old days. <clears throat> yep. Sorry, go ahead. I was working uh, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Or no, 10 p.m. to 3 a.m., sorry. And I got out of work, and that night fell off. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, this is weird. Um, walked home that night. I uh, got home at like 4.30. Stayed up, played video games until like 8. Went to sleep. Woke up at 11. Continued playing video games. And uh, my sister was living with us at the time. Uh, she went to my mom's room. And uh, <clears throat> saw my mom not breathing, mm-hmm. so she came in my room and screamed like, "Your yeah, mom's not breathing!" So we tried to you know, resuscitate all that, and um, that, yeah, that story. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that part of it, and then you talk about the spirituality of your mom. And you think about, think about. Not not many people experience that stuff. Yeah. That's some deep, heavy, heavy, heavy stuff for a kid. Yeah. Like, do you, when you're coping with it, where do you, do you think she's, like, and then where, where did that evolve to now? Like, do you think, like, dead over? Do you think something else? Like, now that, like, you've been close to it on multiple occasions. Mm. So you have a pretty intimate relationship with loss and yeah. with death. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens to the people who we've lost? And what do you think happens to us when we pass? Uh, I think that there is... There's something after this. There's... There's a, there's a different level of... Uh, communication or, or bonding... That happens after this uh, reality, I guess. Um, and I think that uh, it's it's like uh, it's like a baby growing up and learning uh, how we communicate and how we do things. Um, it's the same way on the other side. Like they 
kind of can still communicate in certain ways or be in like dreams or thoughts or have certain emotions but um, as time goes on we learn to not feel that and uh, only be around they're only around at certain points in time so you know what I mean like weird things happen and then it's just like it gives you I guess a sign that says okay still so Dude, I honestly, like, I feel so much of me wants to feel so, like, caught up in that. Like, because I really feel like, like, some of us are in each other's lives for good reason. Like, Mm -hmm. we've been in each other's lives before. Mm -hmm. Like, I think maybe in another life, you and I were father and son, Mm -hmm. brother and sister. Mm -hmm. We were somehow connected in a way. And I feel that about everybody who's in my life. Somehow, they've been in my life like, I felt my past lives. Like, I feel that, that deja vu of it. But then, when I lost Aaron, I just felt lost. Like, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where he's at. I don't know if he is anywhere, or if it was just a light switch turned off. Mm-hmm. So, I, I struggle with it because I'm, I'm like, right there with you on a lot of it. But then, like, going through, like, I'm like, oh, what, what, though? Like, yeah. and uh, it's it's almost like a, a, a struggle between, like, um, spiritualism and nihilism, you know? Okay. A spiritual nihilist. Yeah, and that's very frustrating. Yes. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, and it's like... Because <clears throat> who am I, who am I to think I deserve to know what the fucking answer is? Like, uh, this shit is way bigger than me. For me to be like, whoa, I've got it all figured out. I know what the answer is. Yeah, but... It's an it's a incredibly egotistical pursuit. I agree with you um, on certain points, but it's like, why not? Like, why can't we be the ones who uh, deserve this? You know, like... Yeah, we're not perfect. We're not um, designed to do everything right, and you know what I mean. It, well, what do you do with the knowledge when you when you actually have it, right? Like, uh, I heard a uh, uh, one of my favorite pod, one of my favorite podcasts had uh, he had uh, he had Brian Regan on mm-hmm. one of my favorite podcasts, Pete Holmes. Mm-hmm. You made it weird. He had uh, he had Brian Regan on. And Brian Regan said, he said, um, it's the only thing none of us know, but all of us will find out. Yeah. And he said, what if you know that? What do you, what do you know? Like, you go to your best friend as he's passing away on his deathbed. Mm. He dies and comes right back and he goes, there's nothing. And then dies. Again. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and then he's like. And that's a weird... Like, what do you do with now knowing that? You go, okay, kids, let's go get ice cream. <laughs> like, I guess so. What, what now? I what, guess so. Uh, so, I mean... Like... It's like... It's like when you know... When you know the secret to the magic tricks, and the magic tricks aren't the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the spoiler alert. Yeah, literally. <laughs> spoiler alert. Here's, we know all the answers now. Like, well, I guess I, I guess you find out when you die, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. 
I so I I do, but I don't think uh, it's worth it to take my life to figure it out. Oh boy, no way! Like, like yeah, I want to know really bad what the other side is or who did this. Mm-hmm. You know, I absolutely would love that. Did but you, do you watch Rick and Morty? Um, I've watched some episodes, yeah. but I haven't fully like sat down and watched it. I think I need to start. There's an episode there's where. Like this alien, uh, he's he's so sure. Like he's like their their <laughs> culture has to be killed by an excellent warrior. Mm-hmm. So he goes to meet Rick somewhere, and he's like, he's like, yeah, there. Rick was explaining to Morty that the the uh, the the race believes that they get an afterlife like an amazing afterlife if they're killed by an amazing warrior mm-hmm. so Rick's like alright I'm gonna go to the bathroom I'll come right back and and then we'll take care of this and when he goes to the bathroom Morty's like man it must be so cool to like be so sure right here well here we don't have an answer it's just like yeah. we're so unsure and the guy's like wait there's supposed to be proof there's supposed <laughs> to be proof he's like fuck this and he starts running away <laughs> And then, and then he, and then Rick's like gonna shoot him, uh-huh. and then he gets hit by a car, and then there's these these like these like orbs, these dark uh-huh. orbs drag him down. He's like, it was all right. I should have been killed by a warrior. It's like, god damn it, it was all true. That's so hilarious. That's, the, that's why I go like, man, this show's so deep. And every time. Every, t- every time I think about it, and, or if I see somebody wearing, like, a Rick and Morty shirt mm-hmm. out, out in the wild, I'm like, <laughs> is this person a deep person, or they just think the cartoon part's funny? Right. They go, oh, there's a, right. oh, there's a, there's a guy, there's a cartoon character with puke out of his mouth, and he's burping a bunch. Yeah, they saw Pickle Rick once too many times. Right, yeah. And that's it. It's just, it's just like, oh, do I, I have to question how deep you actually are. Yeah. Because, like, I, I'll watch Rick and Morty and be like, wow, that gives me some cool ideas. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid to watch Rick and Morty sometimes, dude. Like, I can get really deep in the thought. I get lost a lot. Yeah. I get lost a lot. Well, one other thing, one of the other things I was really curious about asking you, and, uh, you know, feel free to not answer the question if you don't want to answer it, but, mm. I, no, well, you and Jess have been together for... Eight years. Eight years, right? Yeah. And I think in the beginning... A, a thing she kept saying was that like that you hated being out in public and people knowing you yes and I was always like why though why do you hate when people know you um I <clears throat> I, I don't know I don't know I just I don't is this like a guard situation like you gotta have a guard up it's like you gotta so I'm I'm very protective of uh who I care for, mm. and uh, I think that uh, a lot of people knowing who I am or what I care for mm. is just a threat. Mm. Um, when I started dating Jess, um, I didn't want anyone to know. Mm. Uh, I believe that if no one knew, um, we would be able to really understand each other and this would be genuine there would be no distractions there would be a very strong foundation Mm -hmm. because I've been through a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. 
people are the problem. Um, yeah, I'm people. I am a problem too. Right, right, right. However, not immune to, not immune to the people part. Right. <laughs> um, but I knew that if we could handle each other's uh, issues or, or demons or whatever, if we could handle that as a team, and we could do well as a team, then there's nothing that can really stop us. So, uh, I invested in Jess. I invested in her being uh, a great, right. and come to find out, she was already great mm-hmm. in her own way, and she just didn't know it. She she had a shell, like a real thick shell, yeah, for a really long time, yeah. And but, I and I think that's why we got close mm-hmm. because we were both very like. There's something that to protect, you know. We have to protect, and I don't know what it is, but. Right. Yeah, she she had a thick shell on her, and I think that was a part. I mean, when I was sixteen, I worked at the same place yep. where you guys worked. Yep. Like I wanted to work there, mm-hmm. or I wanted her to work there because when I start when I was working there, I ca- I kind of came out of my shell a little bit. Yeah. I started seeing what people like performing in front of people was like, mm-hmm. like doing the briefings yep. and all that. Yep. The place was called Ultrazone. The ultimate laser adventure. That's right. <laughs> ben Salem. This episode brought to you by UltraZone, <laughs> the ultimate laser adventure. Talking about competitive laser tag. You just walk in, go, walk in the UltraZone and give the promo code RASSEL at checkout. And they'll give you a free game. Promises. <laughs> Is that just, an actual thing? Yes. You just say RASSEL and you'll, and you'll get a free game. I need to walk in and say it's RASSEL because I'm tired of paying for laser tag. <laughs> That was like that was an old ad Rob did on our wrestling podcast. That's awesome. Uh, so old, but I, mean, I wonder awesome. if it'll still apply. Uh, hey. Try it out. Go yeah. into UltraZone, <laughs> myultrazone.com. dot <laughs> com. <Answer> Rob Stark. <laughs> I did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, Rob Stark's a good guy. He is. He is. I'm. 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 Glad I know I knew him, you know. Yeah. Glad I met the guy. Yeah, he's he's taught me a lot. So. He he helped you out in a lot of a lot of moments where you needed help, man. I mean, yeah. he, he he's done that. He's been that family member that you need when you didn't know you needed it. Yeah. You the father figure that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One hundred percent. Good guy. Yeah, great. Shout out to Rob Stark. Not no relation to Tony Stark. <laughs> but he also shoots lasers, so maybe. he does. So I don't know, man. It's really hard and really hard to do in a debate if they're related. So <laughs> can't debate that too much. Yeah, that's so, hilarious. The the move to California. Mm-hmm. How long did that last? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. And. Um, I feel like the timeline, and correct me if I'm wrong, this could have been around the time where you were like, yeah, I think I'm just going to like live in my car or something. Yep. And I was like, dude, that's stupid. Yep. And I like confronted you hard with that. And yeah, I was like, hardcore. And I was like, yeah, that's dumb. you got to figure something else out. So, uh, I'm, I'm very stubborn. No, you're just super, I'm, super proud, super protective. I'm, I'm very hard-headed, mm-hmm. um, but going back to what I said earlier, I'm 
very uh, focused on the hardest way mm-hmm. to do things. Because it's like you have some weird programming where you need to prove something to yourself. Absolutely. All the time. Absolutely. And it's like, bro, um, you're you, though. I keep, I keep telling you that. And I told you that then. Yeah. <laughs> I said, stop trying to prove stuff to yourself. You're already you. You're not going to become any more you than you already are. Nobody else <clears throat> is going to even compete that. No one's going to combat that. No one's going to say, hey, you're not very much you right now. It's, and that's the thing, like, people can tell me, like, hey, you don't need to prove anything anymore. But I, I do still have to prove to myself, like, I, because I feel like, uh, I'm a very knowledgeable person, uh, when it comes to, uh, the psychology of people and how they do things and, you know, stuff about, stuff along that nature, um, I believe that if I know and I know the result, um, it's nothing to me. It's not entertaining. It's not worth it. It's, in a sense, boring, I guess. So, if, if something isn't challenging me, then I don't see it as worth it. Mm-hmm. Or, or valuable um, and I've always been that way mm-hmm. always I don't know what started it I don't know why um, but ever since uh, I felt conscious I guess when I was like five or six um, I felt that like hey I'm aware to the situations that are happening now like mm-hmm. I'm not a child I'm not just like ah, whatever you know what I mean you woke um, I'm woke yeah mm-hmm. Um, I, I started seeing things differently, more like an adult, I guess, um, more, uh, aware to the consequences of things. So I would always just challenge myself and I wanted to know all outcomes. I wanted to experience all outcomes and I would watch people, watch how they would react to things, and just constantly learn, and I would get bored of a lot of things, Mm -hmm. because uh, I would get good at things. I would be able to replicate what I did in my head over and over and over and over and over and over and over Mm -hmm. over until, and I would be able to make mistakes in my head, and it would just evolve until the point is of, I would understand it, and I would get good at it, and then I would get bored. So then, I guess that became a habit of. Life. Well, you know that's video games do that to me. I get so yeah. bored of them. I'm not. I don't get good at them. I mm-hmm. I suck, and then I get real bored of sucking, and I stop playing. <laughs> like, that's... I would have done the same thing, mm-hmm. but video games were were my coping mechanism for my mom passing, mm-hmm. my dad leaving, um, any stress that I had to deal with. Um, I couldn't go outside and talk to friends. Because for some reason my mom didn't let me out as much. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I had video games. Uh, I felt like that was my separation from everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Was I couldn't do much, so I felt like it was me against everyone. Mm -hmm. And I would just play video games. Yeah. So uh, I I pretty much taught myself how to do everything in video games. How to read, how how to swim, uh... Uh, how to how to do math, 
mm-hmm. like all of it, all of it. Like I would go to class and be bored. I'd sleep all day, take tests and ace them, and I couldn't fail because I knew what was going on, and I would ace the test, so I couldn't get held back. Mm-hmm. And I just coasted through school just like that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I can relate a little bit more now to you leaving like a incredible wanderlust like I've gotta see what it is I gotta I, I think it was more of I need to really be at a rock bottom mm-hmm. I need to feel that right. I need to feel the hardest possible way of survival you know mm-hmm. and that's what that trip was it was, can I make it from nothing in a very tough area? Because living in San Diego, it's not cheap. And you have to work. You have to work hard. And you really have to be patient and find things that come your way. So that was what that trip was. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I'm capable of. Really know what I'm capable of. I felt like I was handed things because of how nice I am. And people just give me things all the time. And I didn't believe that um, I was my own man at that point. Mm-hmm. So I needed to prove to myself that I was. Okay. So. Do you <laughs> do you feel worthy of what you have? <sighs> um, yes and no. I feel I feel worthy because of the amount of effort I've put into it. Um, but I feel as though it's something that needs to be given to someone. I don't think that uh, this is mine and I should be taking it and running with it. No, not entitled. Of course not entitled. So I'm saying, like, when when I said earlier, there's enough. There's enough in the world for everybody to have exactly what they want. Mm. Okay. Um, Everybody deserves to feel seen and heard and loved and worthy Mm. so me saying that to you is me saying be a little easier on yourself Um, because I I I have I have the opportunity now Mm. this is the time capsule and right here and now (laughs) on this day you can listen back to this in 20 years and hear me tell you that you're fucking worthy. And a couple weeks ago, I was leaving. I was leaving to to go home. And I said, okay, bye. I love you guys. And you were like, love you too. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I love you back. Yeah, and on the record, I had that say, like, you're, you've taught me a lot about me through... You, you know, it, you know, it's, it's weird, man. Like, for a dad, for a dad to go, oh, this is the guy that's dating my daughter. Mm-hmm. For, for, just never had a boyfriend before. Yeah. You. Yeah. So, like, for me to feel like this was my kid in a way, mm-hmm. and me to be like, well, I have to tell you, like, I have to, I ha- like. I ha- like had a lot of talks with Jess in the beginning. Yeah. 
and I, I had to be like, look, you know, you know, you only you know what you're ready for in right. this whole thing. Right. So that I had to trust her. Yeah. I had to trust her and she didn't pick you for nothing. Yeah. And this was the conversation we had in 2016. I said, she didn't pick you for nothing. And if we didn't love her, you wouldn't be here. So, uh, you being here isn't just in our family. It's you being on this planet. Sure. Jess, Jess is the reason for that. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that makes me incredibly proud. And if, if somehow that means I had some part in that, yeah. that's, that makes me incredibly happy. Yeah. You, and, uh, you helped out a lot. Thank you've, you. You've given... Uh, I guess, uh, a challenge, because um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, when I was in San Diego, mm-hmm. uh, I was messaging you, or I think I called you, or something, we talked. Yeah, I was at work. Um, about mm-hmm. proposing. Right. And um, uh, in short form, you said, uh, the time isn't right mm-hmm. um, Everyone's not ready for that. Like mm-hmm. certain people aren't ready for that. Right. So, uh, I, I understood that as uh, an obstacle that needed to be overcome, mm-hmm. and that's what pushed me to uh, get more out of life. Mm-hmm. To to really take those words and really think about them, and you know, see if it was a thing. Like see if it. I fully believe that. I didn't want, in any way, for whatever I said to you, to be a, 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 like a disrespect. I, no, it I, was a I pure want, reality. I wanted you. I wanted it to be like, here's what you're wanting. Yeah. Here's what you need first. Yeah. And in that, to come from a place where it's like, all all of it. All of it is not impossible. Right. It's just timing ain't ain't right. Yeah. And uh, I think with you saying that, it showed me how important she is Mm -hmm. um, and important the situation is. You know, like, because I had to step back for a minute and think, Mm -hmm. like, yo, this just... I'm just some regular guy that, you know, is very inconsistent and is looking to, you know, marry... But I feel like... And this might come off sounding judgmental, but please don't take it as disrespect. I... I say this to to some of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. I say, I see me getting up and doing shit every day, and if I'm seeing you and you're not working even a bit as hard as I am, then I go, ah, uh, the little back of my mind, the yeah. little, the little pro wrestler ego trip that I have yeah. goes, you're a do nothing bitch. I 100% agree with you. So, well, I, I wanna, I wanna shine a light on your shit that you can work on, to be as blissful as you can because everybody deserves to have every fucking thing they want. Mm-hmm. And, I, man, I. 
and sometimes when I say stuff like that, it feels like, oh, I'm trying to come off like I'm better than you or something like that. No, it's just, it's, it's a standard that you set for everyone, including yourself. Right. And I, I respect that. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's really like, you know, what examples do you have? What examples have you had? That's, that, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, what example will you then set? For what the next step is. Yeah. Like, what do you bring to the table? And I've been saying this, like, I've probably been saying this on stage, mm-hmm. where I'm talking about, like, the the women on, like, Tinder who say that they want this and this and this and this. Yeah. I'm like, but you don't, all you, you're gonna, you're gonna say, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, but don't give me an opportunity to find out those things on my own. Right. And then, what else do you bring into the table? How realistic are your expectations? Exactly. Yep. So, and it, it's like, oh no, I, I already know. Like, I was, I was having a conversation. I was having conversations with this girl, and we were planning on hanging out. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of stopped because she she wouldn't she wouldn't respond to me, and like, I'd see her, and she would just kind of like be sketch. She'd side eye me and shit. Mm. Like, it wouldn't be like she would give me her att- full attention. Yeah. And I was like, yo. You don't bring half to the table what you think you're bringing to the table. Yep. Uh, in my head, I was like, "Yo, I'm working my ass off. I'm, I'm Corey Castle, bitch." Like, a <laughs> 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 so, left swipe on your life. I yeah, don't, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but but it's it's really about like. <laughs> what 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 examples are you then uh, giving up? Like, I I really want it to be important that and and for sure, like this this came to me when I was eleven, when Jess was born. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to be a role model. I need to be an example. So, I extremely proud that Jess got to Jess is. 24 and she barely ever curses yeah that's important yeah that's great i love that she's she's a good person yeah like and a lot of people run around and they talk about and they think that they're a good person all the time and they go oh man i'm a good person in the back of their head how many people know like they know unwavering i'm a good person and it's not up to you to call yourself a good person. Right. It's your it's up to you to be a good person right. and for other people to notice it. Right. Yeah. And oh man, I, I it trips me out sometimes. Like I go like oh my being this is like I, I have like struggles with when I'm when I have to get rough with people. Like if I have to yell at somebody or if I have to tell somebody, I, the guilt eats away at me. Like I had to scream at Lucas to shut up the other day, mm-hmm. and I haven't stopped being writhed with guilt over it. And I, I, f- I feel like I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like <clears throat> there's a there's another side of me that mm-hmm. comes out. At the same time, there's there's reason to believe that it's not really me. Mm-hmm. It's something of the vessel conversation that we had, mm-hmm. of a message being delivered 
in a sense as though it's not really uh, us mm-hmm. speaking. It's right. someone else delivering a message for them to hear and us to just deliver. Right. And us being capable of delivering that message. You know, and... and so you're saying it's a, it's, a, it's a divine message from somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of, some of it is that, and some of it's like a little bit of leftover caveman ego shit. Like, I think some of it's like, uh, you know, you, you back the dog into the corner, mm-hmm. the dog will bite. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think that some of the, like, man, I've been so nice so many times. Like, how, are, you're not learning from the nice. Why yeah. aren't you learning from the nice? Yeah. And then I have to just pull it pull it up a little bit. Yeah. I, I just don't think it's, it's uh, I think it's more of like, message needs to be sent. Messages yeah. forcing us to step back and let mm-hmm. this conversation happen, or this these words be right. said, right. and then come back and like try to soften it up or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you know. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it's just us. I don't think it's a simple uh, thought because when you look at it, there's <clears throat> so many people who think the same thing or believe in the same thing at that certain time. Like, right. yo shut up, but they're not going to say it, but for some reason, you're able to say it, Right. I'm able to say it, you know, it's, it's weird, like, I was, like, (laughs) you know, replay shit over and over, like, like, maybe when you said the wrong thing, I'll replay that, and I'm like, oh man, am I really as good of a person as I tell myself I am, and I'm like, oh well, it wasn't I did a shit thing, I just said a thing, you know, like, so it's that same thing with me telling you to practice a little grace for yourself, don't be so hard on yourself, I guess I gotta, I gotta take my own advice on that, because I will replay stuff, like, um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's sometimes just like, when I, I started thinking about, I started thinking about, um, me becoming more of a like a public figure mm-hmm. and thinking about like some of the stuff I did in the past coming back to haunt me because you see you yeah, see it you see it all the time people's yeah. old stuff coming back to haunt them and I'm like everything I've done in the public was okay like I don't think anything I don't think yeah. I've ever tweeted a gross thing I don't think I've ever yeah. I mean maybe but uh, yeah I agree I know I've never been like inappropriate with women, and it can. It doesn't even matter though. Mm. Some someone can change something just to get that attention. Mm. So you can't. You cannot worry about protecting yourself. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna operate operate through step like step, walking on eggshells yeah, kind of thing, it, and, I, and it's like that. I'm not as genuine if I'm walking exactly. on eggshells. Exactly. So I gotta continue to be as genuine. And it's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard because you, like, when people know you, you have to worry about what you said. Right. You have to just sub- subconsciously think about it. Like, what did I say to this person? Like, I don't remember. No, because you know what? I said something a couple days ago, and and as soon as it came out of my mouth, the person I said it to was like, "Yeah, that was a little harsh." And I was like, <laughs> uh, "I've been replaying that." Because yeah. I said like, I said something about something, and I called somebody a fatty, and mm-hmm. they were like. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, well, I was like, oh well, I mean, 
I'm not generalizing and saying I hate all fat people because uh, I'm not fat shaming. Uh, I'm just like uh, in this spiral of walking backwards. I'm like, yeah, that's it's tough, just man. like it's like in the context of it's not my preferred. Okay, you know what? Sorry, I'm just sorry. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, just, and. You second guess a lot moving forward from that, and it's mm. frustrating because it just lingers in your life for a while. Right? Yeah. That's ugh. <laughs> like simple words, man. Right. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not like, I'm not a weightist. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in uh, weight supremacy here. No weight. <laughs> no weight supremacy. <laughs> Wide power. <laughs> best friends I've ever had in my life were heavy people. Like, I don't, uh-huh. I'm not, I don't judge anybody. Uh-huh. Like, I, I have fun with everybody. I don't, yeah. I, I don't care. Right. Like, it was just like, when it came to, when it came to the idea of like, people hitting me up and trying to like, hit on me and like, I, people, people go, oh wow, you probably get hit on a lot. I'm like, yes, but it's by people who I don't desire. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah. There's not much you can do about it except for just continue on your way. Because the world is a little backwards right now. The world is way backwards right now. Yeah. Like, Yeah. I, I can't tell you, man. It's, like, weird. Like, women touch me all the time, and I didn't have to be touched. I didn't consent to that. Or, mm-hmm. like, and, like, say sweetheart and weird, weird flirty things that yeah. I'm, I'm not all yeah. about and I'm like oh man I was telling this to Lucas and he's like unrelatable that's pretty unrelatable and I was like but it's still I mean and then I was saying it to, to this girl I was talking about it the other day too when she was like oh that was harsh don't do that she was like she didn't say don't do that but I got the don't do that vibe from it gotcha and, and I was just like it feels like you know that whole thing like if a, if it's an old thing when they're like, "Oh, when someone gets raped, they're like, yeah, but what were you wearing?" Yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's the attitude people are throwing at me. Like, oh, you yeah, wouldn't, you can, wouldn't, you wouldn't work that. on those muscles if you didn't want people touching them. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this for it's you. Like, what? No, this is this is me. Like, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, like, and people think it's okay because you're a man. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, he wants to be touched. Like, no, I don't. I'm a very sensitive boy. <laughs> very sensitive don't boy. Don't touch me. <laughs> um, so, um, I don't know if I ever asked you this, but I know, well, maybe we talked about it in passing, but you did go to Burning Man a couple years ago? Yep. Okay, and you had some experience with hallucinogenic drugs. Yeah, man. At Burning Man. Yeah, man, I saw the universe, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, what what happened? Oh, that's a story. I'll I'll try to make it uh, sweet. I guess. Okay. Okay. Uh, so ooh, that was a, that was a trip. So Burning Man, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's a festival in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a week long festival where. Um, Anything goes as long as there's consent. 
Um, you can be naked. Uh, you can take somebody's drinks. You can. Uh, and there's no money. There's there's no money. No money. You it's, don't transact. Money. It's not even a bartering system. It's uh, can I have some or would you like some? And right. that's it. So you, you stay prepared. You stay prepared for yourself and prepare to give to others. Right. And that's the concept is being okay with giving, accepting, and just feeling... Uh, Community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that started off amazing, uh, but kind of crap at the same time because my bike didn't work the whole week. You, you took a bicycle. Yeah. You. The main thing um, is stay covered from the dust. And you just kept boots on your feet. Yeah, face too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't sand get sandstorms. And it's not sand; it's like ash because mm-hmm. it's all dried up. It's a dried lake, mm-hmm. so it's not necessarily sand. So it's not as heavy. Okay. And um, it'll get in your lungs, and you'll have really crappy lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the term is, but uh, you get dust in your lungs, and it's crap. So uh, yeah, you cover your face. Oh, um, you're always dust in your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, so cover your face, cover your uh, your feet, and have a bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like six square miles mm-hmm. of area, and you're not going to be able to visit everything, even on the bike throughout the week. There's like little towns. In it's it's one it's one big town. So town. it it goes uh, it, it's like a a circle. Mm-hmm. It goes from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Or it goes 10 to 3. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So from 10 o'clock is um, all the, like, art cars and, like, you know, the, the dance area and all that crazy stuff. Right. Yeah, I had a, a then, friend of mine on the podcast and he talked about... Okay. Car, he talked about the cars and, uh, like, the builds and the yeah. crazy customs. Yeah. yeah. The, the incredible ideas and the art, even the stationary art is just mm-hmm. amazing. It's... Um, <clears throat> There's all kinds of stuff. Flame shows. The flame show, like the the octopus. Mm-hmm. I get, uh, forget his name, uh, but yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. So the party night, which is Friday night, no Saturday night. Uh, that's where things get wild. Every everyone, all the art cars, all the people go into the playa and the the deep playa. And they go, they make a circle around the burning, the man, mm-hmm. and we watch it burn, mm-hmm. and we party after that. Right. So, right before that, uh, me and my friends were chilling, you know, we're watching stuff, and uh, my friend hands me a gummy bear wrapped mm-hmm. in aluminum. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, just, just suck on it, don't chew it and swallow it. Okay. Okay, sure. So, you know, I do that, and I'm chilling. And I tell him, I'm like, yo, I'm going to go for a walk. And he tells me to not go. Mm-hmm. He's like, do not go far. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'll be fine. It's just right here. And he's like, okay. But remember where we're at. So I'm like, all right, cool. Drugs haven't hit me yet. Everything looks the same, by the way. Um, <laughs> How do you remember where it was? Like, everything looks the same, right? So, uh... There was a unicorn art car uh-huh. called Charlie. Okay. And that's where we were next to. Okay. So it was like, hey, find some land points, you know, mm-hmm. landmarks, and, right. you know, because things are going to start moving real soon. Mm-hmm. So, man, I don't know how I survived that. 
I was walking a little bit, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing all these art cars, and it's just a big circle. Like, there's an inner circle and an outer circle. And, uh, walking around, I'm walking around a little bit, and I'm looking at each art car, and then it starts to hit me. And I go past this cat art car. Um, and it was like an evil-looking cat. And I'm like, you know what? I think it's time to go back, because I'm feeling something. So yeah. I'm walking back, and I felt like I was going through, like, a Neo-Tokyo, like... Uh, Blade Runner 2049, like, uh, uh, Tron-type area where it was just, everything was, like, futuristic. It was crazy as shit. So I get back to my friends, and then that whole night starts. Um, and then we get to a point as though everything was dark, everything was, uh, there were lights all around me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was in the center of the universe. <clears throat> with me, I was the Wonder Boy mm. because I had a backpack and I had a blue light. That, that, that was your it. that was your name for the for the burn, right? No, my burn my burner name was Silhouette. Okay. I forget why, but I um that was that. Okay. And then my friend, uh, his name was Grant. He was the uh, the money bags mm. is what I saw him as. Huh. Um, and then my friend Ricardo was uh, the warrior and uh, my friend Jess was uh, who was she she was the uh, manipulator mm. and with us four in that time we had control of everything like we could control everything and I was the wonder boy I was the star of the show um, all because of a blue light right <laughs> um and that was how that night went. And it was just insane. I could go on and on about that, man. But it was just... It was a, it was a, it was a trip. I remember uh, throwing this frisbee that when you threw it, it opened up and it looked like a spaceship flying through space because we were so fucked up. But, um... Yeah, it was... It was so much stuff. Man. Yeah, Burning Man was, a, was an experience. It... It woke me up to seeing how nice people can be, um, how it's okay to ask and receive, um, and well, not think, knowing everything. I think you and I have that in common, where like we won't ask. We'd rather Never. just do it. Yeah. We'd just, rather just do I don't yeah. ever want to ask anybody for help, because, because I'd, rather, I'd rather do it myself than hear an excuse for why I can't be helped. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I feel, and this is still a thing I'm getting over, because I can ask for help sometimes. I should <laughs> ask for help more. <laughs> yeah. But it's really like, it's really like, I'd rather do it and and have done it myself yeah. than be told no. Yeah. No, I can't help you. Yeah. Or yeah. be told the wrong way. Like someone give me the wrong help. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with doing things wrong. No, I, like, I, I, I'm okay with doing it wrong on my own. Even with hope. Okay. Only because uh, I feel as though if you do something the right way, mm -hmm. you're never going to be reminded of why the wrong is wrong. Right. The lessons so, are the lessons are deep in the, yeah. in the in the mistakes. Exactly. Right. 
So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with, oh, or finding an easier way or a better way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with the path that's given. Um, and if I need to make adjustments or whatever, I'll, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So, so, I'm personally okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, there's been a, a few times where I had people on here who are, like know me pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'd say you, you kind of know me pretty well. Yeah. Is there things that you've wondered that you've never asked me that now would be the opportunity to ask them on the record? Um, things I can ask. It's a light. If, if not, if not, that's totally fine too. Um, I don't know. Can I ask you, you? Can I ask you another thing? Yeah. First. Yeah. Before. Um. What do you think about time travel? I future past or stomp, older. I stumbled across like a flat earther esque community that's okay. all about time travel. Okay. Like just on YouTube, followed to a YouTube rabbit hole, and I haven't stopped thinking about it, and I haven't stopped talking about it. I'm 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 heavily into it. And I would like it. I, I wondered how much research you did into it. I've done a lot. Um, there, <clears throat> the so the frustrating thing about time travel is uh, positioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've looked into it. No, I mean it was just that one day that I was in that rabbit hole. I have yeah, not gone I've, back. In total, I've put at least, like, actual time, like, 20 days into it. Okay. But over the years, at least, like, 10 years into uh-huh. just the idea. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then let me ask you this. Say a man walks up to you. Mm. Let's say he looks like the face app version of you. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm. And he tells you he's you mm-hmm. from five, ten years in the future. Okay. What are you asking him? What am I asking him? Um, I don't think I'm going to ask him anything. Mm-hmm. What do yeah. you say? Um, uh, I'm glad I'm still alive. Um, actually, the only thing I'd ask him is... The medicine. Is there something that gets better? Is there something that is uh, easier for me to take? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I just learn my lesson over and over again in the next five years, ten yeah. years? Yeah. That's it. Other than that, I don't want to know future. Unless you have something you want to ask me, I'm going to start wrapping up the way I normally wrap up. Mm-hmm. Is what I would ask you is uh, at I, I was going to ask you something okay. that is funny. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? Oh, t- traveling back to today <laughs> to meet myself in the middle of the street. <laughs> I was literally thinking that as uh, you said that. It's I'm, I'm going to meet myself in the middle of the street and be like, yo, yo, your podcast is good. Keep doing it. Keep doing it, man. Hell yeah, man. That's what's up. <laughs>
I, you know, I, I know, no matter what, and this is the symbol of the drum, why mm. I carry this, one of the reasons I'm carrying this, it has multiple, multiple reasons, but one of it was, I heard, um, an example made that Conan O'Brien said to Pete Holmes, he said, you just keep beating your drum, dude, and then somebody's gonna be like, hey, you hear that drum beating? Yeah. And start paying attention to it. Because I'm saying that there's a lot of difference between, like, like awareness and effort. Yes. Because, like, you can be aware of a thing, but then, like, it takes effort to actually pay attention to it. Right. So, um, I, that's why I, a lot of times I always will say at the end of the podcast, I'm always like, hey, thanks for listening. I know your effort and your attention is a very, very precious com- uh, like the very precious currency yeah. and time time isn't something you can give easily to a lot of things yeah, and absolutely. attention attention and like effort yeah. because yeah. this isn't the thing you just turn your thing on and it's on you have to make an effort to find it yeah. Yeah. and that's that that can go for anything you like anything you want you gotta find the thing you want the most and get it and that that's a I hope my, you know, my message continues. I'm going to keep beating this drum. I'm going to keep saying these words. I'm going to keep, like, putting it out there because I, this motivates me. Yeah. And I hope that it motivates others. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> that's kind of where I go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's say right now, for the sake of me asking you this next question... I don't have the podcast anymore. I gave it to you. Now this podcast belongs to you. Mm-hmm. This was your first episode, the pilot episode for Evolving with Karan Couch. If you had to do some sort of Jerry Springer final thought, classy way to put a bow on what this conversation means and what life lessons to take out of it, how would you do that? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, <clears throat> I think I would go with Enjoy the journey that was given to you, um, and believe that the journey can change if you need it to. Uh, yeah. A man can change his stars, as yeah. as the night's tale would tell you. <laughs> yeah, don't. I would. Yeah, I would just say, don't get focused. Don't get too focused on the the end of the journey. Right, you're wasting all your right nows on tomorrow. Yeah. You got all these right nows? Yeah, too many. <laughs> you got all these right nows. A lot of us yeah. waste them on yesterday. Let's, yeah. let's not waste our right nows. Let's make them count. Exactly. Well, this has been lovely. Yeah, man. You're lovely. I appreciate it. So you. are you. <laughs> you're my brother. No matter yes. what. Forever. Appreciate it. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for your effort and your time and your intentions and your attention. And, uh, you know, if you like this episode, catch the other 143 other episodes on Spotify and iTunes. And make sure you give a rating and a subscription and get new episodes when they drop on Mondays and Thursdays. Keep evolving!